Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. This episode is brought to you by Budai Media. At Budai Media, we help e-commerce businesses scale beyond eight and nine-figure annual revenue with retention marketing and website conversion rate optimization. We help e-commerce businesses get to the next level by increasing their customer lifetime value and website conversion rate. Budai Media helped 100 plus e-commerce stores grow from all over the world in the last three years. If you think you need help with scaling your e-commerce business, let's connect. Email us your questions at contact at thebudaimedia.com. If you want to learn more about this topic or find out more details, go to thebudaimedia.com. Let me spell Budai to make it easier for you. B-U-D-A-I. So again, go to thebudaimedia.com to learn more. Yeah, and now we are live. Hey, everyone. Here is Daniel with uh, another episode of our Ecom show. And today I'm here with Steve Hooper from uh, SideGeek from the UK. And uh, he has more than 20 years of experience in digital marketing. And I think just this fact is, uh, is just amazing because, you know, uh, not many people can say this um, about themselves. And if you go to their website, they can help companies with marketing strategy and uh, different marketing channels, but also building your in-house marketing team. So I think Steve is someone who has an experience with, you know, not just with one channels, like probably most of the marketers, but also he can oversee all of these. And uh, today we will talk about, about, uh, about this, how to oversee the whole strategy of an e-commerce store, but also about his experience and what, how things have changed in the past more than 20 years. Hey, Steve, how are you today? Hey, Daniel, I'm good. Thank you very much. It's uh, great to be here. Yeah, great. So first, uh, please tell us your story. Uh, how did you end up in the world of marketing? Wow. Okay. Um, many years ago, I, my my first real job um, was working in the IT department for a marketing company. And uh, we were looking after the databases of companies in the UK like uh, uh, Tesco's which is a huge, huge company. And uh, we were looking after the mail outs, the physical stuff mm -hmm. that drops through the letterbox. Yeah. Uh, we were looking after all of that and making sure that, you know, the, the right people got the right information uh, and, uh, and so on. So, we, we, you know, that, that was the start of it. And um, I always remember the day when I was sent off with a, uh, a purchase requirement for um uh, to go and buy a modem because my boss at the time, uh, Chris Gudge, said to me, hey, this internet thing, I think we better look into that because I think it might catch on a little bit. Um, that was that was way back. Um, you know, we're, we're talking 94 when that first happened. Um, and obviously, you know, at the time, very few people had email addresses and very few people knew what the internet was. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> then I designed my first website back in uh, late 1995, 
Um, I think that makes me somewhat of a veteran when it comes to website design. Um, using the, the hard coding that, of HTML that uh, we still know and love today. Um, and it progressed from there. I've, I've literally spent most of my career in and around um, uh, websites and e-commerce and uh, digital marketing. So, yeah, it's, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's been quite a journey, to say the least. And uh, it's changed somewhat since I first got involved in <laughs> Yeah. So uh, what were the biggest turning points in the last more than 20 years? What were the biggest changes for you and the company? Um, the, the, I mean, the, the, the biggest changes, obviously, uh, were, when, when I first started working with uh, any form of website or online, it was very much a techie thing that was, uh, you know, any, but that you, you needed to have an understanding of code. You needed to have an understanding of, you know, how things link together and all sorts. And then obviously, you know, the introduction of, making things a little bit easier came along with the introduction of things like WordPress mm -hmm. um, and getting online became a, a little bit easier. I'm not going to say that they, they nailed it first time round because they didn't. Uh, <laughs> it was quite complex to set up a WordPress website. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as things progressed, um, SaaS came along and you had the likes of Shopify started coming in um, the guys at Woo Themes uh, developed WooCommerce, um, as we now know and love, and it is now, I, I believe, owned by um, the WordPress group. Uh, so, you know, the, the, things have come along a very, very long way. Um, and I'm delighted to say that it is possible for anybody now to set up an online store if that's, that's the way that they want to go, um, you know, because it was very much a... Uh, a technical thing that you needed to have an understanding of what it was before you could actually do it. Um, you know, I mean, the the handing over big manuals like that to just do a couple of updates was uh, a scary thing. And, um, you know, my, my wife was in charge of doing updates for her, one of her jobs. And she said, I always remember the manual. It was so heavy. And, you know, now we look it all up on Google. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What are those things that uh, haven't changed since then, in your opinion? Um, that I wouldn't. <laughs> that, that, that's a good question. I mean, I mean, the the big thing is us. Yeah, like I human, think human nature. Yeah, the, the monkey. <laughs> yeah, the, the the monkey at the end of the keyboard. Um, be, the, yeah, us because um, the my the good good friends over at digital marketer um you know they they always say that you know one of the big things that never changes is is us is human nature and they revert back to a book that was written by a guy called Desmond Morris and uh, it's all about the 12 stages of a human to human relationship mm -hmm. and i think that's one of the big things is a lot of e-commerce companies forget that they're still selling to people Yeah, uh, it's not they're, they're, they're just not numbers that come through a website. There's a person at the end of it. And those companies that remember that they're, they're, they're still dealing with people are the ones that, you know, they continue to do well. And I, I've 
just finished a call with uh, one of my mentees and she runs an online store uh, which sells like crystals and uh, song bowls and things like that. And yeah. she's doing very, very well. But the, the the big thing that what we spoke about was her social media started to becoming a selling tool. And I said, look, I said, just and one of my mentors, Andy Jenkins, um, mm-hmm. always told me that it was a case of, look, don't sell, educate. And that yeah. still goes. If you if you educate somebody, you're more likely to, number one, get the sale and get them come back to you. And yeah. that that's never changed. That's always been the same. You know, if you think about back to before the Internet, when you walked into a store, if the guy in the store taught you how to use the Hoover, you were more likely going to be able to buy that Hoover. You know, yeah. and uh, and I think that that's that's the 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 one thing that's remained the same is the human to human relationship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also the entrance, as you said, the entrance barrier is way lower than back then. So even ten years ago, people need or ten or fifteen years ago, they need the developer, they needed coding. Nowadays, they just register a Shopify website or WooCommerce, whatever. Especially Shopify, it's ridiculously simple nowadays yep. like uh three pages <laughs> yeah 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 give us, exactly. your, give us your name give us your address give us your credit card happy days you've got an online store congratulations off yeah your yeah <laughs> same with agencies by the way yeah uh, two people meet and there is an there is an agency they are not freelancers anymore no that's it <laughs> and uh there are good and bad sides of this so obviously I think it's great that everyone can start out if they want. They don't need capital. They don't need as much resources. So that's great because uh, I started in the same way and uh, many, many of my friends and other people. On the other hand, there is a bigger competition and more scams as well, I think. Yeah, I, it, it does make me sad when, you know, you. <laughs> the one of the big things that, you know, we've tried to desperately overcome as, uh, you know, as advisors and, you know, experts is there are people out there that are scammers. And I hate to say it, but they're becoming so advanced in what they're doing, um, you know, and there, there's some really important things to look for. And, you know, the, the news channels are always advising, look for the little lock, look for this, look for this, look for this. And it's simple things like, you know, is there an address on the website? Can you yeah. find where these, this, this store is physically located? Because somebody somewhere has created it, so they have to have an address. If you're buying something from somebody who hasn't got an address, you know who did you give your credit card details to you know yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. um it's scary and you know the, these are the basics these are the basic things that you know we tell our clients you know the the amount of times that people say to me you know i'm just starting out i don't, I don't want my address on uh, on the website in all the time that I've been doing this and all the times that my address has shown up on websites and has been available for people and all the rest of it, nobody has ever turned up at my door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like Never. Yeah. You know, and we're talking about some big websites with my address on. 
and nobody has ever turned up on my door and said hey can i have one of those please and it's like that if that's what you're worried about or if you're worried about somebody coming to complain face to face to you then maybe you need to have a think about your customer service in the first place yeah, because yeah. that should never get to that stage <laughs> yeah exactly exactly i totally agree uh on our side with the agency when we have a new client uh we always uh check their their business in the in the company register yep. of that country and my lawyer gave me a long list uh about the website so now we know how to find companies in the UK, France, Norway, US, and so on. And yep. we, we just check them in the official uh, system. If, if they actually exist, they have revenue and all of these things. So yep. if somebody does B2B, I really recommend it. Um, yeah, yeah, we do. We always check uh, Dun & Bradstreet uh, for you know last company accounts and things like that before mm -hmm. we work with people. Uh, and that, that goes for suppliers as well. Um, exactly. you know, but, as, last week I was in Germany visiting um, a third party logistics company. Um, and when we looked on Dun & Bradstreet, their annual turnover was, it, it was respectable. But having seen their organization, I would mm -hmm. say it was probably about eight times what was on Dun & Bradstreet. So, you know, they they very much it was very much underestimated. So you can't take it as gospel what's on Dun & Bradstreet or or you know what is there. But you definitely need to do your due diligence beforehand to make sure that you know yeah. who you're working with is legitimate. Otherwise, it it does and will come back and bite you, and yeah. uh, it's not nice when it happens. Yeah. 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 Changing our topic, I'm really curious, what tools do you use and uh, you use with your clients nowadays? We mentioned Shopify, WooCommerce, but there are many other e-commerce platforms. Is, is there any of these that you would highly recommend or you, you prefer? Um, I, I am a huge fan of Shopify, um, especially Shopify Plus. Uh, I apologize to all of those of you that are starting out and <laughs> haven't got the ability to grab the tools that Shopify Plus offers. But um, yeah, no, I'm a huge Shopify fan. Um, it's it, the ability to build your own apps into what you're doing just allows you to have more functionality around what you can and can't do. Um, the other thing that I absolutely love about it, and it caused me to fall out with a uh, another one of the softwares that you mentioned, um, was the security. And the security, the, the, the budget that goes into the security for Shopify is probably that of um, one of the top 10 military budgets in the world to make <laughs> sure that you know it is of a, a stage that it is yeah. secure um and the the reason that i like that is a, a few years back i had a call from a client um who was running a, a woocommerce store this wasn't something that we'd set up for them it was something that had been set up for a while and they had had a call directly from uh, visa Okay. And Visa said, hey, look, you've been hacked. And I I know my way around. I, you know, I, I, I can pull apart a directory structure very, very well. And I looked and I couldn't see anything. 
I couldn't see where it had been hacked and all the rest of it. To make sure that you stayed in business and you could continue trading, Visa insists that you have a forensic investigation carried out and that it is fixed and that you are secure. Um, this involved uh, employing a forensic expert to look through. Kiss goodbye to £6,000 immediately. Um, mm. Taking part in the investigation, which is also, you know, the time of the developer at the time. So that was my time. There was a, another big bill on there. And uh, it meant literally launching a new store in 30 days. And, you know, if you think about the cost of setting up an e-commerce store at the moment, you, you know, the, OK, it's quite easy to do. But to duplicate it on a different platform and get that up and running in 30 days is is quite a feat. Uh, so, again, there was a cost there and the the, the total cost, including uh, lost revenue and all of the other stuff that goes with it, was close to one hundred and twenty thousand pounds. Wow! For this particular company. When was and this? This was a this was a company that got hacked, uh, and basically a little tiny piece of code had been added to say every single time a, a credit card is entered, it would just take all of the details that were entered onto that page and put it in a text file. Wow! <laughs> and once a, once a month, the text file would be downloaded. Yeah. But the text file was in it was in within a structured directory and it had a name that just looked like any other any other file name. Yeah. You know, and that that's how easy it was for the, the, the hackers to uh, to basically cause havoc. And it nearly put the company that in question out of business. Uh, luckily, they were insured against a lot of it. But, you know, when you are looking at the losses that come with it from you know refunding people yeah. uh, money that you've never had um you know that's uh, that's hard going so uh yeah uh, i i as i say you know i'm a big fan of shopify for that reason um and i know that you know companies like big commerce they, they put a lot of uh, energy into their security as well um woocommerce you you <clears throat> you have to take into consideration the security of the server that you're putting it on. And, yeah. you know, when they ask you those fantastic PCI questions to make sure that you're compliant and your security is good, don't just tick yes. Please make sure that you actually have the uh, the appropriate SSL certificate and things like that in place. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, I'm as, as I say, you know, I'm a big fan of Shopify. Mm -hmm. um, inventory management. Um, I use a system called Sin7 a lot, um, okay. which links into Shopify and it makes it easy for uh, raising purchase orders and keeping track of all of your information, uh, both inside and outside of Shopify. It also allows you to uh, go omni-channel so you can build it into Amazon, eBay. Um, you know, they have an open API, which you can also have EDI links which allow you to publish directly onto things like um, Urban Outfitters. So some really, really big, big organizations that you can link directly into. Um, and they have their own B2B portal, which makes okay. obviously life very easy for, uh, for wholesale. 
and uh, and introducing the wholesale channel to things. So Sin 7's uh, a very good option for that side of things. Um, yeah, so the, that's uh, the they're the main two that I'm dealing with at the moment. So uh, obviously, as well in the UK, we've had this amazing thing called um, dare I say Brexit. Um, <clears throat> which as you know has caused me an awful lot of headaches <laughs> yeah, yeah. um and you know we we find ourselves in a situation where there there's still a lot of confusion um and the confusion comes from all levels uh government departments don't understand what's going on both in Europe and in the UK um the couriers don't understand what's going on both in Europe and in the UK um and the companies that are trying to plug all of these gaps and still maintain a uh, a supply chain as well as you know fulfilling orders they 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 they're, they're finding it really really hard um last week i was in germany and i met with um dhl in germany yeah and um they they, they pretty much said that you know around about 70% of deliveries to the uk from the eu had ceased so oh, wow. there's a there's there's a big 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 stop on the amount of stuff that's going across the channel at the moment so um my advice to anybody that you know is struggling with brexit and they you know they they, they want to do something is look, look at your options talk to your your local um department of trade and industry uh, and your Department of International Trade, they they'll be able to give you some advice on what directions best to move in. Um, if you look at your markets and you see that your biggest market is the EU or within Europe itself, anywhere, um, then you know consider third party logistic warehousing because you know there's an option there for you to avoid all of the horrible uh, distribution issues by just sending it all to Europe for distribution. Yeah, yeah. I know you regularly go to Germany. Is it because of this uh, inventory management thing? Or? I, I, ha I have a number of clients in Germany. Okay. Um, uh, that were wonderful, wonderful clients. Um, and we also have some third-party logistic uh, companies that we work with out there as well, mm -hmm. um, who are yeah you know they're they're just it's amazing you walk into these warehouses and they're all automated they've got all these fantastic machines that do everything for them and it's like wow you know so yeah. um yeah no it's uh, and it, it's good as well because there's only so much that you can do like this um it, you know uh, zoom meetings are great but if you can actually yeah. sit down in a room with uh with these people you can you can get a lot more done um yeah so yeah yeah of course yeah i totally agree i also miss those meetings i need more of those yeah yeah after more than uh, almost two years of covid right next march it will be two years yep so, yeah it's crazy and um, that, that that's had a that's had a massive effect on what we do as well and though we said so when we spoke a few weeks ago um you know the 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 effect that covid had on the on companies going to moving over to e-commerce um you know that I, i think i was reading something ridiculous online this morning about the the, the increase in transactions being in the trillions 
that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a T. That's not a B. That's a T. You know, and you, you, you're looking at an awful lot of cash now being spent online. Um, yeah. So those those that are looking to, you know, increase their online activity, you know, you, you, you haven't missed the boat. There is still an opportunity there for you. You do need to do something um, in order to capture your your current customers in the online space. Yeah. You mentioned Shopify and you you really praised Shopify. Let me ask you this question because we both do conversion rate optimization on Shopify websites. So what's your opinion on Shopify themes? Because we talk to many stores and uh, when we talk about CRO, I would say probably half of them, they think in, in uh, Shopify themes. So many of them, they think that they install a new Shopify theme or they find some uh, either free or paid. But if they install it, then their conversion rate will increase a lot and problem solved. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, many times we have to um, educate the business owner or the CMO that it's not the Shopify theme is ju just a tactic in our opinion. So first we need a strategy and uh, we overview the whole business, the, the brand positioning, the audience, the customers, all of that. And uh, a Shopify theme can be a part of the strategy as a tactic. And uh, ideally they understand it, but not everyone. What's your, what's your opinion on this, on Shopify themes? What, why are they good and why... They are not good or it's not just as you know, it's not just Shopify themes. The, mm -hmm. the 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 words that send chills down both yours and my spine are oh well, we're not doing very well, we need a redesign. And the, yeah. the similar sort of thing, you change change the theme, and you know, it's gonna solve all the problems, it's gonna make everything nice and it's gonna make everything pretty. What one of the uh the, the major things that conversion rate optimization can be anything and to get to give you an idea we had quite a high ticket luxury item um in in between um $750 to $1500 okay yeah. so it's quite quite a high ticket item to be buying online and we we had a lot of abandoned carts and not many sales and we were like right okay so what's going on and the first thing we obviously look for is the the barriers that are in place and the first barrier was they were insisting that somebody have an account to be able to check out oh yeah yeah so we turned that off we turned we said no we don't want them to have an account we do we just want them to check out okay 25 percent increase in conversion rate straight away by removing a barrier, making it easy for somebody to do something. And what we do is we look into the store and we say, right, okay, where are these barriers? That's the first thing that we look for is where are these barriers? Look at the analytics, see where people are bouncing around and they're, they're bouncing off the site. You've got the facts and figures in front of you. Use them. You know, don't, don't just look and say, oh, that theme's prettier. I'm pretty sure we're going to sell millions if we just, you know, change to that theme. 
And we, you know, we're moving from a free theme to a paid theme. So obviously we're going to make more money. It doesn't work like that. You know, yeah. with all the will in the world, you, you need to look at the facts and figures in front of you and say, right, what, why are people leaving our website? Why are people not buying from us? And you can probably, the first thing is you, you make a list of the possible things that might be causing a problem. You then say, okay, what can we split test? What can we say yes and no to? Because that's how you test is you do it. You set up a yes and no split test. If there are things that you can't split test, for example, having an account, not having an account, then you obviously need to think, right, okay, we'll just turn that off and see how it goes. Yeah, exactly. Right? Which is a split test in itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so th this whole we're going to change our theme and we're going to become billionaires thing is, yeah, <laughs> it, it is something that I hear on a regular basis. Um, it's something very, very scary <laughs> uh, because people, they'll change the theme, but they won't look at the problems that they've had and how to fix them. So, you know, I, I firmly believe that there's probably about 20 things that you can look at and try before you even consider any form of redesign. And, you know, they're, they're throughout the website. It's, is your menu structure easy to follow and are things easy to find? You know, if you're getting a lot of abandoned carts, are you following up with your abandoned carts or are you just saying, OK, well, that was that then? You know, and the the customer journey, as you know, the customer journey that we we scream about and we say, hey, look, have a good customer journey in place. It's It's not just about having a customer journey that brings people into the website and makes them aware it takes them all the way through it takes them through understanding the product making sure that the product is good you know can we you know can we interest you in something else would you like to buy more of them if it's something that's uh you, you know you use up like a shower gel or something like that how often do you use them would you like to subscribe all of these things that you know, they can really increase the conversion rate. They can increase the amount of times the customer comes back to you. And, you know, we're, we always find that the more a customer is looked after, the more they'll spend. Yeah. You know, and, and the, the, this is a huge thing. So Shopify themes, okay, yeah, I, I would say probably 80% of the websites that we build in Shopify use a theme in one way or another we then modify the theme to make sure that, you know, there are certain things in place that are working in the way that we would hope that they would work. And, you know, simple things like, you know, until recently when they started releasing the 2.0 themes, Shopify themes weren't overly mobile friendly. They're, they've, they've got better. But um, sorry, you, know, you said overly mobile friendly. They weren't very. Ah, they won't. OK, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. Um, yeah. So the, the new 2.0 themes seem to be heading mm -hmm. more in that direction. Yeah. Um, you know, and with mobile technology, obviously, you know, that makes it even easier to buy things. Um, and again, you know, thing, things like. Um, Apple Pay and Amazon Pay and things like that, having that that ability 
through a mobile device. Um, you know, in the UK, our tap, uh, when you tap your credit card, um, that's up to £100 now. We've got a £100 limit on that now. Um, you know, that makes it easier for people to buy things because you haven't got to remember all of these numbers. And, you know, if you think back to the first time that you sat down at a computer and you said to somebody, oh, what's the password? And you were told password. We've come a long way since then. You know, People mm-hmm. understand yeah. security is a little bit more important. So, yeah. you know, when it comes to that side of things, making it easy for people to pay on a mobile device, making it easy for them to shop on a mobile device, you know, that that's really important as well. So if you are choosing a theme, just don't just look at it on your computer and say, hey, that's fantastic. Look at it on your mobile device and make sure that you completely understand the the journey and the buying process, because that's where your conversion rates are going to go up. Yeah. And as a side note, I think convenience is a huge thing nowadays and it's been a huge thing. But as you said, like 10, 15 years ago, people had to make an account and then they could buy. And I, I really hate it as well. Um, but nowadays you just tap your phone and you can buy quite quickly. And, yeah. uh, since Apple Pay came out, I use it every time. I don't need my wallet. I just need my phone in my yep. pocket when I walk in the city, and I really like it. So yeah. yeah, I can't remember the last time I bought a cup of coffee where I didn't tap my phone rather than uh, my credit yeah. card. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, um, yeah regarding Shopify themes, uh, I think this is one of the, the cons of uh, the low entry barrier. So everyone can get started and uh it's easy but also people just uh, you know they they think they install something and then the conversion rate will increase three times overnight so yeah. you i think people should be more patient and also understand that it's more than just a shopify theme more than just a quick trick and just you know click the install button and that's it it's more than that so yeah yeah yeah, a lot more than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I would I'd just say, though, um, Shopify in particular, their um, knowledge base and their resources that they have available for, for businesses are very in-depth. They offer an awful lot of information. Their blog as only, well. Their not only Shopify, but YouTube also the channels. marketing, the, everything that's available, you know. Um, and it's worth diving in and having a look around before you install any app that's going to make you a billionaire overnight because Mm -hmm. a lot of them promise that, Um, you know, before you start doing any of that, just have a dig around because chances are there's something there that, you know, that is, is going to solve a problem for you. Um, I, at the moment I'm working on, um, well, we've just been commissioned to uh, take a, company global and introduce uh, multi-currency multi-language and all the rest of it now for anybody that's used shopify you're looking at probably about six apps to just get to that stage and shopify have announced the um, new shopify markets um, option which is going to be available for um, i think it's going to be available for everybody mid next year 
Um, so we we've asked for what the, is it exactly? I haven't heard about it. Shopify Mark. Markets is um, allows you within Shopify to manage your own conversion rates, to manage your own pricing, uh, your the for for every currency, and it allows you to manage the languages as well. Um, it also allows you to the, to change the um, the layout and design of the website for for each each region so you know it's, it's still in beta at the moment but it, this is going to be something that allows companies to really open up to a lot of other markets without needing to configure 150 different settings in an app to make it work um yeah. so yeah you know the, the in credit to them they have listened that you know more people want to have you know access to more markets and more currencies and so on and you know i mean there, there's i've actually got the website up at the moment it literally says uh 65 of us shoppers have indicated that they'll make their holiday purchases before black friday cyber monday mm-hmm. but the, uh, the the there's also the um it was it was slightly above it hang on it was the uh, the, the point that they made about 30 percent of people uh, on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, won't make a purchase unless it's in their local currency. So, thirty percent of people will leave your website if it's not in their local currency. So, you know, yeah, you know, I, I totally understand that. I, I I would do the same. I I wouldn't buy if I could see um, some random currency. Yeah. Maybe USD because people trust, and in euros, people trust in those. I yeah, but uh, some random. I don't know Polish currency or yeah, like yeah. anything Russian or you know something. I yep. I wouldn't trust that. Yeah. Yeah. So you're one of the thirty percent. You just yeah. <laughs> just leave. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know when we're talking about conversion rate optimization, local currency um, exactly. is another huge one that yeah you know will will really benefit um, companies moving forward. So sh- within the next, I should imagine within the next five months you'll see a big launch of Shopify markets um, and what it's capable of doing. Mm. Um, but it, it allows other things as well, which make managing the business easier because as the, as e-commerce advisors, you and I both know that there is a lot more to to it than just, Hey, look, there's your store. Off you go. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we, we have customers that um, they have us dollar accounts. They have, uh, British pound accounts and euro accounts. Yeah, yeah. Shopify at the moment will only pay out in one of those, no matter what currency you accept. Mm-hmm. So, um, what Shopify Markets will allow you to do is to say, okay, well, we have a US dollar account. We would like our US dollars paid into that account. Um, it's then up to you when you take those dollars out, if you use those dollars to run your business. Same with euro and British pounds. You can choose you know, what you get that money delivered into and what bank account that goes into. So it allows companies to have a, um, a greater control of their, um, their, their their business as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really helps the cash flow and just managing the business. So yeah, yeah I, I think it's a great idea. Um, I have one more question to you, which okay. is uh, who were your mentors or, or do you have any mentors uh, 
or or anyone who you look up to i'm really curious lots <laughs> yeah no i am um, when i when i started out it was very difficult i had a gentleman called uh chris gudge who was my first ever boss and to this day remains a good friend and mentor um and he has always advised me on business and what direction to take when it comes to digital marketing there was a gentleman who sadly passed away a few years ago uh called andy jenkins uh-huh. and andy was uh he was known for his um uh his involvement in some really really big projects um one of which was a film called the blair witch project um which he was i believe an executive producer on um and would happily tell the story of when the blair witch project was released into cinemas uh he, there were 286 websites about the blair witch 284 of them were registered to one andy jenkins um to get there and that was how andy really really got started in um in the website marketing and all the rest of it um he he was a great help to me nowadays um uh ryan dice a digital marketer um great great mentor um and uh, for my british listeners this isn't the dominic cummings that you think it is as a gentleman called dominic cummings in california um who is a great business mentor uh for me and good friend he he basically um has an understanding of business and the balances that are required to make business happen properly um so yeah they're 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 my 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 turn to's um if i need uh, need advice and help on stuff so yeah 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 thanks for sharing these names and uh i also met ryan dice uh, at the traffic and conversion conference um i really hope uh, actually i think this conference happened this year in uh september it did yeah, it did. Yeah, it yeah. was in San Diego. Yeah, I just couldn't go there because they didn't really let me there. No, uh, they, they didn't like me going either. It was, <laughs> it was. We were on the cusp of re- being released, but it it wasn't quite. I, yeah. I met Ryan in um, in Atlanta in two thousand and eight. He yeah. was he was speaking at uh, a big conference called Stompanet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that's where I first met Ryan. Yeah. yeah. So they've been in the conference business for a while, right? Because I know traffic and conversion for a few years, but, uh, you know, even my company is young. So uh, I, I don't know what they did before, but sounds like they had this even in, uh, in the 2000s. So more than 10 yeah. years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Been around a while. <laughs> Yeah. Um, thanks, Steve, for uh, coming Thank here today you. and sharing all of these really insightful uh, pieces of your knowledge. And uh, if anyone wants to find you where they should go. How um, can you find can you? find me at sitegeek.co.uk. Uh, if you want to drop me a message, uh, steve at sitegeek.co.uk. And I'd be happy to chat to anybody that you know uh, wants to know more. Yeah, thank you. We will uh, put all of these links and uh, the links of the websites of your mentors into the description and everything that we mentioned today so people can find these. And uh, thanks 
uh, everyone who listened to us today. Stay tuned. We come out with a new episode every week. Thank you and have a great day. Brilliant. Thanks, Daniel. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.